Well, hey, Stone Creek family, and welcome to Church Online. I hope you're having an amazing summer so far. Whether you're at a watch party in your living room with friends and neighbors, or you're in your basement or back porch, or heck, even in your car, I believe God has a purpose for you being present in this moment. You know, today we're kicking off a three-part series of messages that are designed to recalibrate our hearts and our minds and to remind us as a church the importance of discipleship. And this series is called Equip. And now if you're new here or if you've forgotten, Equip is our church's discipleship training adventure on how to be a disciple who makes disciples. We are a Jesus-centered, transformation-focused, and discipleship-driven church. In fact, you may have heard us say this in the past, that we want to be the greatest disciple-making church of our generation. And our vehicle for arriving at that destination is Equip. Now, in Equip, we teach three of the most fundamental practices of a disciple. And we teach them in a way that you can then teach someone else. And those practices are gospel conversations, so how to like talk about Jesus and to share Jesus with others, uh, how to read your Bible and why it even matters, and prayer, how to pray and why we should pray. And today I want to start with how we end and equip. So we're talking about prayer. Psalm 139 uh, verses 23 through 24 are going to set the stage for where we're going to be today. And so if from wherever you're watching from, go ahead and grab your Bible, open there, Or if you're like me and you have a toddler that's running around your living room right now pulling pictures off of your built-ins or you have a baby spitting up all over your shirt, it's okay. It's okay. You can just follow along as the verses come up right here on the screen. So Psalm 139, beginning in verse 23, this is King David writing. And he says this, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. I want to pause for a second. I want you to repeat that with me, okay? And know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. The title of my message today is Start With Your Heart. Write that down. Say it with me. Start with your heart. Will you pray with me? God, you're so good. You're so great. And we're just grateful to have this opportunity right now, this moment that we get to share together God, from homes all across our city, God, we believe that you have a word for each of us today. And God, we just ask that you would speak. God, help us to see you differently, to see ourselves differently, to see people differently because of what you do in our hearts today through this time together. Jesus, we pray that you would be lifted high in this time and uh, that we would look more like you because of these moments. And we pray and believe all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. If we can be honest for a moment, prayer is hard. It is. Like, I'm a pastor, and let me just confess something to you. Having a consistent and powerful prayer life is difficult for me. In fact, the discipline of prayer has been one of the biggest tensions for me in my life especially since ever first working for a church, because when you start to work for a church, it's like all of a sudden you are a professional prayer. I can't tell you how many times that I've been at dinners with people and uh, you, you know the moment where everyone takes a seat at the table and plates are now full of food, grilled chicken and roasted potatoes and green beans. And then you got a old ho- ho- Hawaiian roll lathered in butter. You drooling yet? And cups are starting to condensate from the ice. And then all of a sudden, as conversation starts to simmer down, 
everyone turns their attention towards the designated prayer at the table. You know what I'm talking about? Like everyone else in the room has predestined who it would be in their mind before they even sat down. Who was going to pray? Because they don't want to pray. And so all at once, everyone turns to that person and waits. And if you're a pastor, it's always you that they're, that they're looking at. Like for real though. And, and as a pastor, you either have to just anticipate and lean into the moment because you're trying to eat or you can kind of look away Pretend like no one's looking at you. Pretend to get a phone call real quick. Hope that someone else will offer to say grace. See, and the hard part is, is just because you get paid to pray, people expect you to be good at it. See, no matter who you are, when you think of prayer as something to just be good at, it makes you more insecure about your prayers. And then it leads you to oftentimes just opt out of praying, start to pray less. See, I believe we worry too much about whether or not we're good at praying. Prayer isn't something, church, to just be good at. It's something we need to develop a burden for. See, the problem we have with prayer isn't that we don't believe in the power of prayer. We do. Like even people that don't believe in God, throw a tragedy at them, and now all of a sudden they'll gladly accept all of your prayers. They maybe even throw in an amen at the end or a hallelujah. We believe in the power of prayer because we pray for healing all the time. Isn't that right? We pray for miracles. We pray for God to come through for us when all hope seems lost. But why is it that we constantly find ourselves in prayer ruts? We pray about the same things at the same time, in the same way, in the same place. And it usually starts with us just thanking God for this day. And prayer never really moves deep. It never really moves to anything deeper or powerful, if we're honest. And that's if we even pray at all. See, what I want to advocate for today is for you to start with your heart when it comes to prayer. And I believe that if we learn to start with our heart, we'll begin to see power in our prayers. King David, he was a man that I believe understood prayer more than anyone in the Bible next to Jesus. I mean, this dude wrote at least 73 of the Psalms which the Psalms are real and honest and authentic and sometimes gut-wrenching songs and poems and prayers that are written to God from David and for us. And these Psalms are smack dab in the middle of the Bible at the heart of this book to draw us toward true communion with God. And David, he was known as a man, he was known for being a man that was after God's own heart. But have you ever like thought about that? Like, why is that? Why was he called a man after God's own heart? It's because he gave God his heart. It's that simple. David understood that at the core of meaningful and powerful prayer is this chasing after the heart of God. But you can't chase after the heart of God while you leave yours behind. That's why he prayed prayers saying things like this. He says this, he says, create in me, a clean heart, O oh God. Or teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. He says, I will praise you, Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. He prays about and he prays from the heart. Stephen Gibbs always says it this way. He says, prayer is exchanging your heart for God's. Church, I don't think we struggle with being good at prayer 
as much as we think we do, I think the biggest barrier to us experiencing a powerful and engaging prayer life is our own hearts. We have a heart problem when it comes to prayer. We distance our hearts from God in our prayers and then we wonder why God doesn't seem to answer us or why God doesn't seem to move on our behalf. And if we're honest, the reason so many of us don't pray regularly is that we're afraid to expose to God what's deep in our hearts. We think, if I don't open up my mouth and actually talk to God about what's in here, he'll never know and I can just keep it to myself and I can keep hiding my heart from him and everything will be okay because we're scared. Lean in with me for a moment, church. Do you understand the immensity of prayer? Do you understand that prayer is the pathway to the presence of God? It's more than just talking to God, although it is talking to God. It's so much more. Prayer is the doorway to communion with God. Did you know that you were created to have communion with God? Did you know that your heart has been pre-wired and pre-fabricated to long for and ache for communion with God? And here's the reality. You will never find true communion with God apart from prayer. It's just not gonna happen. Prayer is the pathway. Prayer is the doorway. Prayer is the artery that transfers blood from God's heart to yours. And you and I will never unlock the power of God in our lives apart from prayer. It's so important that the Apostle Paul, he commands the church in 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, he commands them to pray without ceasing, to never stop praying. Imagine, for me with, a mo imagine with me for just a moment. If you only talk to your spouse in the morning for a minute when you woke up and then for another minute or two when you went to bed, do you think you'd have a healthy and life-giving marriage? Do you think you'd truly understand what's going on in his or her heart? See, so many of us treat prayer with God like that friend from high school or college, you know, that we follow on Instagram, that friend that we see their stories, we like a few of their posts, double tap. We maybe even comment an emoji every once in a while, but we really have no clue what's going on in their world because we never truly engage with them in conversation, especially about things that matter. And so they have no clue what's going on in our hearts either. See, Jesus, when he talks about prayer, he just assumes prayer for the life of his followers. He says things like this, when you pray, when you pray, not if you pray. Paul, the Apostle Paul says again in Colossians 4.2, he says to continue steadfastly in prayer. It's essential and it's foundational. Prayer isn't meant to be something that we just simply do. It's meant to be a major part of who we are. And King David, that's who he was. He was a man of prayer. It wasn't just something he did. It was who he was. That even when he messed up, he blessed up. And he didn't just stop praying when he fell down. He prayed when he fell down. He prayed when he was on top of the mountain. He prayed and he always engaged his heart in his prayers. That's why he was known as a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he gave God his heart through communicating to him. Psalm 139, again, let's go back to this. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. There's a footnote indicator there, that little C, it says at the bottom, cares. My thoughts are my cares. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Did you catch the order of that sequence? 
David, he starts with his heart before his mind. So many of us, when we pray, we oftentimes only talk to God about what's going on in our mind, which of course we should do that. If it's on our mind, it's on God's heart. He cares about what's going on in our mind, no doubt. But I believe we get it backwards so often. Before we ever talk to God about what's going on in our mind, we should always lead with our hearts. Lean in with me. What if you stopped letting your mind derail your prayers? And what if you started to let your heart drive them? Oftentimes we let our minds consume our prayers and, and our anxious thoughts then begin to only, we only think about our worries and our cares, but we never really get to our hearts to talk about God, about how we're really feeling. My challenge for you today is to start with how you're feeling first when you pray. Share with God what's going on in your heart. Or like David prayed, ask God to search your heart and reveal to you what's going on in there. Tell God that you're hurting. Tell God that you're lonely. Tell him that you're afraid or in pain or frustrated or confused or upset. Tell him that you're struggling with shame. Tell him that you feel distant maybe or distracted or even destructive. Tell him how you feel. And then when you're joyful too, share with him about your joy. Tell him about how you feel, how you're feeling love or hope or expectancy. Share that with him and let your heart drive your prayers. And when you start with being honest and transparent about your heart, your thoughts and your cares will follow. Be honest, be authentic, and be real about how you feel. Church, your heart should be in your prayers. Your heart should move your prayers and be moved by your prayers. That verb, that, uh, that verb for the word search here is used, uh, the word that's used, it means to examine with pain and care. The Jewish people of the day used this word to describe digging or digging into a mine or exploring a land. Now, I'm no archaeologist or geologist or whatever, but I'm pretty sure that you rarely ever find anything of value like gold or silver or diamonds on the surface. Now, you have to dig to find things of value. And the same is true for prayer. So many of us want to experience the medallion level relationship status with God while still keeping our conversations on the surface. When you pray, do you ask God, do you really ask God to dig deep into your heart and examine your heart with pain and care? Probably not. If we're honest, we're running from that. We don't want him chiseling and chipping away at our heart. Like who's seeking pain from their prayers? Most people, they just pray to stop feeling pain. But could it be that our hearts are more broken than we realize or we would like to admit? Have you ever said this phrase? Well, God knows my heart. See, the reality is that yes, he does. But the false assumption there is that we do. Oftentimes we don't know our hearts like we think we do. And could it be that, the, that a byproduct of this kind of prayer life is a conditioning of our minds to better understand our own hearts? Because apart from being made new in Jesus, our hearts, they lie to us. They trick us. I love how the message translation puts Jeremiah 17, 9, uh, 9 through 10. 
It says, the heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one can figure out. But I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. When we start with the heart, when it comes to prayer, and ask God to search our hearts, what we're speaking into motion is the removal of fake and the establishing of authenticity before God. When we start with the heart, we're inviting God to dig deep below the surface, even if it may cause some pain, believing, we're believing that he'll make us better every time. See, prayer can no longer just be simply lip service before God. Jesus rebuked that. Jesus spoke against lofty words when he quoted the prophet Isaiah. And he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Church, it's time for our prayers to move from lip service to heart surgery, especially if we ever want to see results. See, I know this to be true. I can't out logic my wife. (laughs) Fellas, you ever tried to do that? You just keep saying more words that you think make sense and hope that she'll understand? No, it never works. My logic will not convince her to change her mind or move her heart. But if I choose to lead with my heart, hmm, you know this to be true, everything changes. See, the same is true with God. You can't try to simply use logic to convince God with your prayers. And you can't expect them to move if you do. See, it's when people's hearts break, that's what moves the heart of God. In Mark 5, one of uh, the leaders of the synagogue, he sees Jesus and he falls at his feet earnestly and pleads with him from his heart to heal his daughter. Throws it all out there. And it was his heart in action that moved Jesus to go heal his daughter. See, Jesus was obsessed with the hearts of his people. That's why he'd start by saying things like, you've heard it said. And then he'd say, but let me take it straight to the heart. See, so many of us think that if we could just pray the right prayer at the right time in the right way, then we'll be good. But no, we've got to start with our heart because that's where the power is. We've got to realize that God knows our hearts better than we do. And it's he who cares more for our hearts than we ever could. See, the reality is that so many people have chosen to try to hide their hearts from God in fear that he won't like what he finds if they open up. See, somewhere along the line, you may have bought into the lie that God doesn't want you to be real. You may have subscribed to the channel of shame. You may have let fear keep you from finding freedom in God while you hold back your heart when you talk to him. Is that you? Are you keeping your heart out of your prayers because you're afraid? See, this prayer that David prays is so bold, so raw, so wildly inspiring because he's praying the one thing that so many of us are so afraid of, challenge. We don't want to be challenged. We don't want to be changed. And we definitely don't want to be challenged to change. And what does David pray? Challenge and test my heart. And while you're at it, go ahead. Look at my mind as well, or my cares. And then while you're there, if you find that anything needs to be different, go ahead and change it. Lead me to better. What? 
What a wild and dangerous prayer. Search me, God. Dig deep into my heart and my soul. And while you're there, test me, challenge me, change me, break me, shape me, make me better. What? Move me towards your ways? No, we want our own ways usually. We want our own thoughts and our own understandings. No, 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 no. If we want to be disciples who make disciples, if we want to be a people that live and love in the ways of Jesus, then we've got to get to a place where we see an exchanging of our heart for God's. What if you started to ask God to break your heart for what breaks his? That's essentially what David was praying. God, give me your heart, even if it means breaking mine, because your heart is better. See, if you want to experience power and breakthrough in your prayers, you've got to start with your heart. And if you want to teach your kids to pray in a way that will change how they see God and how they see themselves and how they see others, teach them to pray from their heart. Model for them what it looks like to be real and honest and open with God. And if you want to have something of value to pass on to your family or the people that you lead, teach them to pray from their heart and start with yours. Start asking God to search your heart, to try you and to change you and pray this prayer to God. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. See, prayer doesn't mean that God will give you what you want, but it does mean that God will help you better understand what you need. And what you need is a heart like his. Let's pray together. God, we know that you say in your word that your eyes, Lord, search the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to you. God, I believe that there are men and women listening to this, God, that need to be reminded of how you want their heart. You're desperate for their heart. And you want them and desire them to open up their hearts to you, God, so that you can make them look more like your son, Jesus. God, I believe that you have something that you wanna do in each of our hearts, God, that you wanna humble us, that you sometimes wanna break our hearts, God, and chisel away the things that don't look like you or sound like you. God, so that we can love you deeper, so that we can represent you better to people around us. God, I believe that there is something that you have, something that you wanna do in each of our hearts today. And so God, I pray, Lord, that you would stir something in us where we would just say yes, where we would pray a prayer like this. God, search our hearts, try our hearts, Know our thoughts, God, and lead us towards better, towards your ways. God, we know the power of prayer and how prayer is the first step for a person to give their heart to you, Jesus. You say in your word that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then we will be saved. And I believe that there are men and women students, children that are listening to this message right now that maybe haven't given their heart to you and that in this moment need to do that. 
so if that's you and you're listening, I just invite you to pray this prayer. If you wanna come to know Jesus and have a relationship with him this morning, pray this prayer. God, forgive me of my sin. God, I give my heart to you. I believe Jesus that you died for me and that you rose for me. And I wanna live for you. I trust in you as the Lord of my life. Make me new. As everyone's still praying, I just wanna pray for you. If that was you that you just said that prayer, I wanna pray for boldness to share. I wanna pray for courage to tell somebody in this moment that you wanna make a decision, that you just made a decision to live for Jesus. For each of us, God, I pray that you would uh, help each of us to be more bold and real and honest and open in our prayers so that we would look more like you, God. God, break our hearts for what breaks yours. We love you, we're grateful for you, and we pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. We're so glad that you tuned in with us today for Church Online. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, be sure to let us know by dropping an I raised my hand emoji in the comment section or just type these words, I raised my hand. We would love to celebrate with you and follow up with you today. Listen, hopefully you are tuning in from a house party right now. And one of the things that we wanna do as we wrap up this time is we wanna leave space for conversation with the people around you. And so I wanna challenge you in this moment, okay? We all on the count of three, we're all gonna pray out loud from our hearts, starting with our hearts, okay? You ready for this? I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. We're not gonna do that, That, that'd be cruel. But this is what I want us to do. I want you to engage in some dialogue, talk about what does your prayer life look like and do you find that you really start with your heart in prayer or why not? And I wanna leave you with this one question as well. All right, this one question is gonna come up on the screens. How would the world look different tomorrow if God answered every prayer that you prayed today? Would it look different? We're grateful that you tuned in with us. We're excited for next week. Be sure to tune in. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you then.